0: hey and it works yes Um, all right much better all right so with that said we will get started here and it works or if you are joining us this is this is a miracle of modern technology um And we are getting ready to start the next episode of the Reds Disciples podcast. And this is a podcast that is a companion podcast that goes with the Reds Disciples Facebook group. And uh, this is a Facebook community uh, with this podcast that is for Celtics fans and by Celtics fans. And today... We are just going to recap or, or review the, the first two games of the Vegas Summer League, along with the most recent Celtics um, acquisition of Dennis Schroeder and what he brings to the team. But with me uh, for the second week in a row, thankfully, is, is Billy Calabrese. And Billy, I never checked with you last time, I hope. I'm saying it the right way. I'm getting that name correct right this time.
1: Dude, money. I've heard breezy. I've heard breeze. We're Italian. We're cool either way. Whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever word. <laughs> you want to put a little flair on it, you could do breezy. If you wanted to say breeze like a cool breeze, that works too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, excellent. Either way, we're glad to have you aboard, especially so... Because you were actually at the Vegas Summer League uh, these last two days, and so you uh, have been fortunate enough to be in the building as we're watching our young guys. And I definitely uh, am happy to have you back here to as to give us a little bit of the sights and sounds of of what you saw. So. So Billy, with that in mind, tell me what what did you see? What did you what did you hear? What, overall and just in general, what is what is summer league like?
1: Uh, summer league is like oh man, the vibes are just immaculate. It is so much fun. You got pros like I'm sitting behind Trey Young, Cam, uh, Cam Johnson, all these like players just watching their teammates, their new teammates play. It's just such a cool vibe. Like you're walking to the concession stand and you bump into like John Hollinger. Like it is so odd and crazy. Wow. and fun. It's just like a small world. And don't, don't worry. I did harass John Hollinger with some cap questions. So we can- <laughs>
0: <laughs> perfect. Perfect.
1: Um, but yeah, really interesting. Like it's just such a cool vibe because it's kind of a free for all. Everybody's just kind of respectful. Nobody gets in each other's personal space. Everybody just kind of, you know, has a great time.
0: That's cool, and like you said, the tickets weren't for this. weren't really that that uh, that damaging as far as cost.
1: No, it comes to about sixty dollars, and um, that means you have an all day pass. So you, there's uh, eight games a day, and it's two gyms that are connected. There's a small gym right. called Hawks Pavilion. Hawks it's Pavilion. Like- yeah, the other is the Thomson Mac. Thomas and Mac, which holds about seventeen thousand. So the Thomas and Mac is the big boy. You know, if you're playing in the big gym there's something going on. It's, it's fun.
0: Right. That's what the Thomas and is. that's where the, the the running Rebs play.
1: Yes. The good old uh, UNLV running Rebels. They do have a national championship. They, you know, beat Duke. <laughs> right. Right. I love that team.
0: Oh yeah. I love that team. LJ. Greg, Anderson Hunt, he, Greg Anthony, BC. Yes. Um, great team. Mm-hmm do you tell me it did when you when that was going on, were there were there a lot of people who would walk around with wet towels sucking on them?
1: <laughs> yes. Um for those that don't know, Jerry Tarkanian was famous for biting a towel during a game, probably to keep from cursing, because the man was a maniac. He was the best. He was like Bobby Knight, but beloved. I mean, he had so much energy, he was so riled up, and he would bite on the towels.
0: Tark the shark. Tark the shark. Yep, yep. I remember that. I, I, I heard it was always because he was like, I don't want to get up and go get a drink. So I'm just gonna suck the marrow <laughs> out of this towel.
1: Instead. That is one of those urban legends, but considering how he talked, I don't know. I think it was probably to you know control himself so he didn't get another technical.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. All right, so we have had two summer league games thus far we had one on sunday that was uh an afternoon game at four and then obviously we had the one yesterday um last week the poll of the week that i dropped on the facebook site was uh who would be the star of summer leagues? and so obviously summer league hasn't hasn't been completed yet. We've had just two of the five games. But I remember I chose uh, Romeo, mm. thinking that, you know, a player with ball skills and driving ability, like I felt like those skill sets lend themselves to this kind of setting, usually, was my thinking. Um, most people, there were, let's see here, and I'm going to check my um my voting there was overall let's see 35 votes 18 out of 35 people chose peyton pritchard and right now those people that's looking like a good vote
1: yeah that's probably the right choice he's leading the summer league in three-pointers made he's leading the summer league in assists and he just looked like a man among boys both games.
0: He really oh. has. I kind of played myself with my Romeo pick, although we had the great dunk last night.
1: Oh, but that's not, not fair to say that because I mean Romeo hit the game winner in the first game.
0: That is true. He did.
1: And he had the moment where everybody got out of their seats that dunk in the second game that you mentioned. So he's having a good he's having a good summer league, much better than we've seen in recent years, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So yeah, um as far as the first summer
0: league. Game goes that was, uh, and obviously, scores don't matter with this thing. What, what do you feel like Summer League is, is for? Would you, would you would, if in your mind's eye as a coach, what do you go to Summer League to accomplish?
1: You're not looking at shot percentage. You're not looking at, oh, who won, who lost. You're looking at who belongs. Because the problem with Summer League and the way I've heard it described to me is you have three guys trying to play the right way. And the other seven are just trying to stay out of China. They're just trying to stay in the league. So you do have some people kind of, you know, going for themselves a little too much, but you just want to see that a guy belongs, that he can make an NBA play, not only on offense, but also on defense.
0: Absolutely. And when I look at summer league, one of the things that I'm looking for is who has translatable skills or who makes plays That are translatable within the flow, uh, within the context of what we do. You know, um, for instance, your shot makers like uh, Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Preacher, are they, are they making plays in somewhat in ways that you might see? You know, what I could see them making this kind of play off of the Jays. You know, I, I can see this is a play where they might make that in transition or a catch and shoot, uh, or maybe a drop, a pump and go, you know, or a backdoor cut, something like that. Something you could see like, ah, I see that, that, that sounds
1: like, that looks like something I would see. Well, the Neesmith is a great example of that because on Sunday he shot terrible one for seven from three, but they were all good shots. Now, if you notice yes. he shot those same shots, but they were going in and he looked like the best player on the court. So he right, hit- right.
0: And, and that to a credit, he said in the interview afterwards, that was, you know, he, he, he practices his, his same routine um, and all shooters, all all great shooters have a routine that, you know, that you that usually they, they stick to very yeah. religiously. And so, and they take very, they take a lot of pride in that routine, whatever it happens to be. And so he he stuck with it and he said, I'm just going to go out and do the same thing. Uh, And, and shooters are, are, are confident, you know, Um, and, and they do that. Um, One thing I heard on um, another pod that I think is also appropriate when you're watching Uh, summer league is, it's also a place where guys are trying things. Maybe sometimes they're just trying things that are, you know, they're working on something. Maybe they're working on a specific skill that they want to get better, that they feel will be usable in the year. So much like um, in spring training for baseball, You might see a pitcher just throw fastballs one inning and nothing else because they're trying to just get the feel of that pitch uh, or something like that. You might see guys say, you know what, this particular game, I'm just going to try and as much as possible work on going off the dribble or maybe I'll just put up shots um, you know, work on my catch and shoot game, and even though I might normally try to drive it i I might just do that to work on it now the challenge is sometimes when you're looking at that is how do you know what you're seeing when you're when you're watching this is is and I think that's sometimes where you know you hope interviewing, this, the, the guys afterwards are, are getting a feel for what they're, you know, what they're doing through interviews or coaching in general, but I hope the coaches know, assume the coaches know and say, yeah, this person, like you said, they may not have shot well, but that's okay because they're working on X you yes. know, or Y.
1: No, Summer League's famous for Fool's Gold. So you'll see a lot of that. You could see. Yes.
0: Fool's Gold overreactions. Carson Edwards putting up 30 against Cleveland, Um, which was, you know, which was great to watch. But his ability to shoot has not translated against NBA
1: defenders no it has not but he has had a nice summer league i will give him that he's been consistently scoring and the assists are up which is even though he does get into that tunnel vision which drives us yes. all nuts his assists are up and besides pritchard he's he's second on the team in assists so i'll take that
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and so you just look for those things uh i i think wherever you can get them yes Uh, when you can get them um but yeah, I'd say uh as, as far as as these two games go, who has been has there been a best player for you and or a surprise?
1: For um you? my best player has been Peyton Pritchard. I don't think it's really a surprise. This is a four-year college guy. This is just a pro. Um he, he really shouldn't be playing. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, my surprise is probably going to surprise a lot of people. No pun intended. Um, is Bruno Fernando. You stole
0: my pick. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: I mean, I am. Uh, maybe it's because I had to watch Zach August the whole first game. And that guy can't catch a pass or do anything. And it's just such a relief to just have a big man there that's competent. But he is. His size is intimidating. And then I'm watching him in warm-ups. He's, I got a video of him banging, you know, five, six, seven corner threes in a row. I'm like, oh, he could do this too? Very, very interesting. I thought he shot a little bit at Maryland
0: um, as well. Not a lot, but I thought he shot a little bit. I thought he shot from the perimeter a little bit at Maryland too. Right. So I wasn't completely caught off guard, but I know he didn't do that really much in Atlanta In in The short time he was there, but yeah, um, my my star, um, you know, and I guess the best player really has been Pritchard, Uh, but I'll take in this case, the other guy, Nismith, just because um, I love the consistency and the approach to the game he has right now. And the confidence that that gives him. And I, I, I expect by the time he hits, hits the season, he's going to be like, I expect to hit, to hit, you know, I expect to make every shot. Like he's not going to be a deer in headlights. Like he's going to walk in. He's going to be like, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to make shots. And that's that I think could be really, really important. I think he he may be in line to have um, you know potentially a breakout year, depending on what Udoka does with him and does with our lineups, that there could be some, I don't know, I'm I it, it's it's way early, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But his ability to shoot and yesterday was, his quick release was almost clay-esque. Yeah. Was almost clay-esque. Um, and if he, can, if he can become like even a quarter of that with the Jays, like they've really got something that they, you know, a guy who could play next to them and be reliable and make shots and be outlets. The
1: floor, yep, exactly.
0: Like, uh, I was really, I was really impressed by him. And, yeah, Fernando, I, those those two plays off the dribble, uh, off the short roll, he looked extremely comfortable in the short roll there, uh, taking it confidently, to the rim obviously made made that nice and correct dump to uh romeo yes. for that jam uh, that was the correct play to the cutter there and i loved his reaction coming back down the coming back down the court
1: off that he was hype which was i uh, was spectacular he was uh, super hyped. the crowd just uh erupted i mean you had like grant williams adoka brad Danny Ainge, Austin Ainge all in the same row, and they just went absolutely nuts. Oh, it was so fun. That's awesome. <laughs> it's That's also awesome. thing that Danny was sitting with them, I don't know what the story is on that. Danny Ainge was sitting there in a button up, a uh, uh, button up, a collared Celtics shirt, and he sat yeah. with them the whole game. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I caught a, a picture of that as well, where with, I guess that was one of his sons yeah. and then Brad and Ime on the other side. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know at this point how much he has to do with it, but obviously, you know, he's still.
1: It's still a good relationship at least. Yeah.
0: It's still a relationship. Um, what do you think? Or, I, I mean, and we, we talked about this I think a little bit and maybe even on the, on, in the, in the group, I don't know if we talked about this last week, I don't remember, but how Brad's moves, some of Brad's moves may, you know, we, we thought when Brad got this job, we'd find out, all right, how much does he like Brad's moves versus not Brad's moves or how much is he like, I'll oh, screw these moves. And like, you know, you know, Danny was bullshit. He shouldn't. He should, <laughs> I didn't like him, you know, or I, I wanted him, you know, like bringing Cantor back, bringing Al back, you know. And there was for a while a talk that he was just, it was just going to be a, a collection of Brad Stevens All Stars coming oh, yeah. back to the team. Um, but like my my thought was like, um, do you have a? Do you have an opinion one way? Do you think that he, that that what we've seen this offseason gives any indication one way or another whether he felt some way
1: about one or two of the moves or, or a number? He leaves on that. I think that he did not like the Thompson signing, and he did not like the Kemba signing. I don't think he would have preferred to have either of them. He would have rather have kept Al. He maybe you would rather have rather kept Canner to bring Canner back so quick. Um, you got to kind of read into that. I do think they think more light than they don't in general, because a lot of these moves since then are kind of like Danny Ainge light moves. You know what I mean? They're kind of the Josh Richardson for the TP, just the crafty stuff like that. I yeah. do think kind of like has like Danny Ainge fingerprints all over it. But I do think when they disagree, it's over big disagreements like the Kemba or the Thompson type uh, deals.
0: What would you have done then? Because I, I remember that. I, I remember I remember having to a little bit talk myself into it. Because I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And we didn't really see that coming. And the guy I was thinking about at the time was, I was waiting to see if they were going to go, if they were going to uh, take a look at Rubio for whatever. reason. Oh, know. okay. That's interesting. Because Ru- yeah. Ru- Rubio... Had expressed some interest maybe in seeing what Boston was gonna do after Kemba left. There was a, a quote of him saying something like, I'm I, I maybe interested in seeing what Boston is gonna do. And I remember there were people like, oh, maybe we'll we'll try for Rubio at that time. But once you know the Kemba talk started, and I I I agree, I felt that was a panic. It was. It was. Yeah, it felt like a panic move. I mean, I, I get it. He had just finished one. He had just torched us during, you remember that game? He torched uh, Kyrie for like 43 in that comeback. That was a maddening game. And uh, he was 13 all NBA that year. Uh, and he hadn't been injured that much.
1: Um, a part might have been an opportunity as well. Because Rosier Rosier was leaving no matter what, I mean he could have been promised the starting job. He was still walking out the door. He just had enough, which is fine. I mean I get it. He felt slighted. Whatever. Right. The
0: ESPN car wash.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he didn't fit right with the Jays anyway. But we can get into that another time. But if he was leaving anyway, he wanted to go to Charlotte. Hey, getting Kemba back seemed like a fair return. Actually, seemed like a steal. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it just. Uh... No, it didn't and it it obviously it it never worked out the way it was uh intended uh to work, I think. Uh, which is a shame, which is a shame. I uh, I I like Kemba. Obviously, who doesn't love Kemba?
1: Oh it's so likable. I do think I mean, a part of it though was the Jays kind of developed a little quicker than they expected. This was gonna yeah. be Kem- and then the Jays are like, no, nah, you're third option. <laughs> Rightfully so. But man, for a couple of 22, 23 year olds to just push an all NBA player out of the way like that. You don't yeah. see that. that often.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So. We've got three more games left. Um, I'm a little bit with you, like I feel kind of as far as um Peyton goes like I'm not sure how much more we can learn about Peyton in this setting Yeah now. and I think it's okay if he continues to work out with the team and then afterwards is done and goes to camp um I don't know how much new unless you were to say I don't want you you know don't worry about playmaking. I want you to just put you on the best best offensive guy the other team has and then see if you can defend him but he, else. I, I mean I, I suppose you could do that but I mean I one he's got his confidence is sky high right now. I like that and part of me also feels like you know what you got it good you know we
1: can give Madar more time. Yes, exactly. And that's somebody that kind of is going to need it because him switching from the little gym to the big gym, I don't know if it was deer in the headlights or what, or maybe he just didn't have as favorable as a matchup because in the first game he was against Reef Cooper, who he's actually much bigger than. And Denver has all these guards that are just as big as Yom or even bigger, and, man, did he struggle. <laughs> that second yeah, they run. uh
0: I felt like he got swallowed up by wingspan. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, so the, you know, kind of hit the brakes a little bit on the Madar hype train. Uh, That's okay. Um, But uh, I hope um, yeah, for these remaining three games that, that he has a chance to Show a little something more. I, um, as for Romeo, uh, I'd like to see Romeo just a little bit more aggressive. Uh, I felt like at times he'd get pushed off his line. Yep. Um, and by that, I mean line to the rim, like uh, and uh, I'd like
1: to see him. You know, just I don't know, just a little bit more in attack mode. I'm uh, really liking the three point shot. I'm starting to become a believer that he actually can make that shot consistently. That I I am I agree
0: with the, the paddle, the, the Joe Mazzula paddle worked. Um, <laughs> you know, his shot is absolutely coming around. I think it's it wouldn't be before long where that where that would be. At least consistent enough to be like, okay, it's he can hit at least league average, yeah, and and I'd feel comfortable with that. Um, and man, defensively, he just and, de- and he does he does oh, defend <laughs> he does defend. You know, it's just the rest of the game. After that, he was an offensive hub in high school and in college. And I don't know if he'll ever make it as that here in this league.
1: Oh, you uh, could argue the best finisher of college basketball. I mean, he was unbelievable until he got hurt. Right. Yeah, he's not he's not gonna be that kind of player.
0: Right, right. Um, so what is our next game tomorrow?
1: Yeah, Thursday afternoon.
0: Thursday afternoon. So Well.
1: After- for us that <laughs> might be a little more evening for y'all i think it'll be like seven o'clock your guys time.
0: yeah 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 that sounds right that sounds right
1: i wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple players pulled i i don't think pritchard needs to play i wouldn't yeah, know i don't know
0: that he does either um if he need, i don't know that he he needs to play any either anymore i think um um uh, that he he played uh Extremely well, I thought. Twelve assists, one turnover.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was something else.
0: Yeah, twelve assists, one just one turnover. Uh, he, he uh, I thought he, um, you know, was able to. I thought he was able to take guys off the dribble a little bit, but I also thought he was able to kind of move guys around. He he spotted his. His hot shooters all the time, anywhere that Niesmyth was streaking, was coming down a wing. This guy found him. He, him he, yep. he fed, he fed the hot hand. Um is it was great stuff to see as someone running the offense and and being a sense of calm out there. Um what do you do you think he? Do you think he can be a starting point guard in this league or I know I feel like he's got a high floor but I don't know about his ceiling.
1: Yeah um, I mean there's 30 teams he can start somewhere, but you're not going very far unless you have just him in like the Mario Chalmers role in Miami where it's like yeah Mario Chalmers was a starting point guard for a championship team but was he really <laughs> Right. But he's great. He's going to have a ten-year career coming off the bench. He's going to be the backup point guard that everybody wants. He's—it's like you're playing two K, and you create a backup point guard. That's exactly how you would do it. Got some mm-hmm. size. He has the speed. He's deceivingly fast, and he—he um, he has the IQ. He can run an offense. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mm-hmm. hurt. He up from the logo either from three. No, <laughs> he
0: doesn't.
1: has two ones. <laughs>
0: absolutely it does not hurt that uh that you um so celtics uh, just before the game made a a new addition to our roster, I added another point guard. They added Dennis Schroeder, who um, was this year's annual, uh, I played myself on um, <laughs> this year's I played myself team. Um,
1: turned Bet on oh.
0: The big contract, 84, four for 84, because he, I guess, wanted 120. Yeah. Um, is what I heard and he got an $84 million offer said, no, nah, I'm going to try my, try my deal in free agency. But, um, uh, yeah, once Chicago went with, with ball, uh, there was just, there weren't a lot of options left for people who were going to spend big money on point cards and, um, he ended up settling for the taxpayer mid-level 5.9 for one year as a, as a prove-it year on a bridge team, Celtics. But, I mean, he'll, he'll get chance, he'll get minutes, he'll get an opportunity to play in the playoffs and rebuild his value. Next year, teams should have a bit more money. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on adding Schroeder to this team?
1: Well, he hates all the right people. He hates Kyrie and he hates the Lakers. So he's already good in my book. Um, I do like that they started off telling him, you're coming here to play back a point guard. You're not the starter. We're not promising you any starting position. You come here, you're going to be like you're an OKC. You were the si- almost the sixth man of the year. You were awesome off the bench. You destroyed second units. This is how you're going to build up your value. Um, the other thing is, I don't know if he's on the team in February. Mm.
0: <laughs> That's. I wondered if, if honestly, if if getting him could end up being a precursor to a move at the deadline. Yes. One way or another, um, it, the addition of him to the team certainly gives Brad uh, an additional uh, layer of flexibility at, at the deadline for things he could do and whether it be with him or with another player. Um, And I don't know, at worst, you know, if, if smart plays well and let's say, you know, hypothetically uh, Peyton Pritchard shows that he's like, we need to get this kid more time, you know, more shots, you know, more run because he's, Every time we put him in, he's bringing energy and shot making and all that. And maybe you feel like, you know what? Some team wants him. Give us a pick for it or combine him with something else. Make a deal like, yeah, I I think that's that's a fair thing to say. Um, Billy, I may not be here
1: the, the entire year. Well, I just think it's like the old Danny Ainge playbook. You get a guy at his lowest value, you build him up, and you sell him for something. That's how we started accumulating assets way back in 2013. We'd get like a your Jordan Crawford or your littlest speck of an NBA player, and you build it up into something bigger, and you build it up. Into, you keep rolling that that ball downhill, and it keeps growing and growing. I really think a contender, especially if there's an injury, they're going to give up something pretty decent for a starting caliber point guard making Five million a year,
0: yeah, now that doesn't give they don't you don't get bird rights with a with a one year deal
1: no, that's the other no. reason because we can't resign them
0: <laughs> right so it makes so it adds more uh, adds more to that possibility that he could possibly end up getting moved later because we know we're not going to be able to keep him if we continue with the plan and the course that Brad Stevens has us on. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, I, it's uh I feel like it's, a, it's a little bit of a weird fit depending on who he plays with. Like I feel like him and smart, um, I'd want to see how Yudoka fits that together, fits this group together. I feel like the fit is a, could be a little bit weird, only like as two guys, really four, who all are going to need the ball a certain amount. Um, but they're going to defend. You know, I think he'll defend. He's He's quick. He's a, a great penetrating guard. Like you said, he's feisty um he'll get in people's faces you no know, and without a problem. Um you hope Al can kind of be the glue for everybody here. He is you know pop a smurf roll basically and uh kind of uh, put this group together. Um but
1: yeah it should be it should be interesting uh, I mean, if you, yeah that works out there with schroeder and horford And one of the kids, whether it be Neesmith, whether it be whoever else you want to shoot for shooting, that's pretty scrappy. I mean, that's not throwing Semi Ojale and all these other guys out there. It's a no, no, it's
0: not. No, it's not. I do like, you know, their goal, Brad's goal this offseason was to get older, get more experienced, uh, get some veterans for our team. Uh, I've heard. Some describe this as an off-season saving move. Mm. I do not subscribe to that theory. No. Uh, that this saved the off-season. Um, I, I get why they make the comment, but I, I felt like um, I've been very pleased with this off with the off-season <laughs> red ad. I and to me. The goal of this offseason was to try and, you know, maybe carve out some space because we were right up against the cap. So to me, the first move of just simply getting off Kemba's contract and not only getting off Kemba's contract, but bringing back what I feel is an extremely useful veteran. Uh, for your team, a guy who potentially has the ability to close games for you in uh, Al Horford, not not only do you um, save money in the deal, but you subtract um, Kemba's defense and his pension for being picked on. Yep. Targeted. And you replace that with a floor spacer stretch big who knows how to quarterback your defense. Like it, to me, there is, is so much addition in that, in, in this trade. Like Brad had me at that point. Like to me, that was I was like, I don't know if I said it was an A plus after that for the offseason after that move, but I was like, Thank you, because that like we had nothing uh, while we had while we were handcuffed by Kemba's contract, his inability to play back-to-back games, uh, any of that. I I I wonder, you know, like I have no idea how Tibbs, how Kemba's knee is going to hold up to Tibbs' <laughs> playing schedule.
1: Oh man. The way he's players into the ground. I mean, poor Ben Gordon, Luau Dang, Derek Rose, even though yep. Derek been able to salvage it a little bit. I mean, heavy minutes, tough minutes, because you don't stop. When you play for Tibbs, man, you're 110% or you're sitting down. So it's going to be tough. Randall played them. I think Randall played was
0: one of the top five in minutes last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tibbs will I always play the time. Yep. So I have no idea. How that's going to work? I saw their little hype video for getting Kemba there, and I'm I'm so glad Kemba is in New York. I mean, that was other than OKC, that was maybe the only spot I could see him even going. So uh, I'm I'm happy for him. Um, their team has a nice fit to it, and we discussed this last week. I just don't know. Um, one how that team is going to defend. Yeah. Uh, and, and how, how that's gonna work. Um, but for more on that, that's what we discussed last week. So if you're watching this, you can look at last week's pod uh, as we get a little further into that. Uh, but um, So with that in mind, I just wanted to kind of touch on my, Choice for a post of the week, and by the way, you may do this too if you're in your future. If you come on, if you post,
1: I'm gonna it's
0: interesting. Um, But the one I chose this week was a post from Chris Van on August eighth, and that's that I thought was kind of relevant to this conversation. Uh, So, is it be or bust for 2022? Billy, is it Beal or Bust? Is that is that what you say?
1: Bust is a little harsh because you still have max cap space with like three or four all NBA caliber players available. Like if you get Levine instead of Beal, are you really crying home? No, but mm-hmm. it the plan is Beal. They're not hiding it. He's coming. I mean, God forbid, unless some kind of crazy injury or something happens to him during this weird season that we got coming up where he's playing with like Dimwitty and... Kuzma and whatever else is on that roster it's, mm-hmm. it's Beal but let's say something happens he flakes him and Tatum get in a fight whatever we still have max cap space how is that a bad thing considering we were just in cap hell three months ago
0: exactly I, I agree more the guy I like who I've mentioned before and I will continue to mention him everywhere I go is I'm such a big fan of Christian Wood. Yeah, in Houston. He's only making thirteen a year right now for the next two years. It'll be up. It'll uh, be up not next season, but the one after that, where there's even more free agents that are going to be available. And I just look at him, and I am like, you know, if if you could interest a player like him at that point. I know Danny was interested in Danny him.
1: wanted him in the first place, and yeah, and before, his before he ended up in Houston. Um, apparently, I mean, I've watched both games of Houston Summer League, and this Sengun Sengun, um, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He's from Turkey. Right, he's like, like a a Damonte Sabonis clone. He is phenomenal. He absolutely dominated last night. Like I'm watching him instead of watching Green and Cade go at it. And I'm like, this dude's making every play right on both ends of the court. So I think AOC
0: was huge on him before, yeah, before the year started too. Um, and he was good. He was picked that. He was picked at the spot we had.
1: Our spot. Yep. That that kind of hurt me in the heart a little bit. Cause man, did I I fell in love both games I watched him. I'm like, he just plays the game like a pro. He has the touch. He has the finesse. And then if he wants to bully you, because he is big, he will just bulldoze over you. Mm-hmm. It was really impressive. He was giving uh, Luke Garza hell over uh, on Detroit yesterday. It was really fun to watch. How did Garza do? Garza's had a very good summer league. Like, he's hit he's hit some threes. He's stretched the floor. He's lost 26 pounds. I, I, I knew it, yeah. He was a guy I was interested in. I don't know how much you can actually play in the league because like I said he does get bullied on D and he is slow footed but I mean they don't they have like a Zeller there starting at center like <laughs> okay. yeah so it's it's not great <laughs> for Detroit. I was really unimpressed I do like their backcourt though Cade and uh Killing and Hayes are very fun.
0: Yeah and so and you've got obviously Jeremy Grant still um so I don't know it's something to work with if you can get all, all these guys to buy in and play well and, you know, hopefully move forward a little bit. Um, Kelly's over there. Kelly Olenek is Kelly will
1: get some shots over there.
0: Yeah, he'll get some shots. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be uh, interesting. But uh, so, I feel like kind of covered everything here. The only thing I I had left is so now with the Schroeder move, we're now at 15 guaranteed contracts, um, one non-guaranteed in Parker, and um, obviously the the two-way that is Sam Hauser. Uh, For the rest of this time up until camp, do you see us making any more moves?
1: Yeah, but it's probably just going to be a little roster consolidation. Maybe Chris Dunn gets moved for basically that's a the
0: one. That's yeah. the issue I'm waiting to see drop. It's to see if if they do find a space to a spot to move in.
1: Because they still um, gotta try to put uh yeah, Madar on the main roster because from what I understand from the rules, you can't um Buy out a guy overseas and give him a two-way. You have to give him a regular contract.
0: Okay. See, and to me, that we now have Schroeder, I feel like makes bringing him over even more difficult now. Yeah. Like to 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 rationalize anyway. Um, you know, if he's going to be behind, not just Smart, not just Schroeder, but Pritchard's obviously picking up anything else that's left behind. And this kid still has one year left on his contract in in Israel. Uh, Why bring him over? And I was thinking that, and I didn't even realize the rule you were telling me just now, you know, I was thinking one, why bring him over if only to send him up to Maine, but if you can't even do that.
1: That's where it gets tricky. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for clarification on that. That's just what I was told, but Mm. it does actually make sense because his buyout is more than what a G league two-way contract would be. So that actually kind of make, that kind of adds up if you start putting it together.
0: Yeah. I just think with, with our, we're tight on money now. We're obviously we're about 6.6 into the tax, into the tax now. Um. We're not quite yet at the apron, but no. we're, we're below it, but we're, we're into the tax a little bit. And so obviously we've got, you know, if you're watching this and you're not familiar, we have until the end of the season to get out of the tax. If we want if tax doesn't hit us now, we pay the bill at the end of the season based yeah. on where we're at, at the end. Uh, Uh, that's how, so that's how that works
1: for a restaurant. You pay the bill at the end of the meal. Yeah,
0: exactly. Pay the bill at the end of the meal. Um, and then we'll pay (laughs) bill. Right. Uh, I see what you did there. (laughs) All right. But yeah, so I agree. I think it may be light moves. We'll see if, see if they move Carson.
1: Yeah. Uh, He's played well enough. I mean, you could probably get something for him late second round pick or something
0: maybe. Yeah. 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 I, I hope the kid catches on and does well somewhere else. And, um, he's trying, I just don't think it, it fits here. And I think Peyton does more of what we wanted Carson to be able to do. hundred percent. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, are you
0: going back to the games tomorrow?
1: I'm considering it. Uh, I got to wait and see if they pull anybody. But um, if we keep playing, I'm definitely going to uh, try to attend a couple more. But this is kind of the time where it starts to fizzle out. So I'm like, eh, it really depends.
0: The last last game is going to be not – it's for sure going to be probably not worth it. Uh, But uh, it's possible you may get one more game of interest.
1: Yes. And that's what I'm kind of hoping. And it kind of stinks because we don't really, our schedule, we're not really playing like the Detroits or like any of like the guys you really want to see us go against. So like Denver yesterday, like playing against Bull Bull, it's just a circus show. Like it, it reminds me so much of Taco. It makes me so glad Taco's gone because yeah, he'll put up numbers. It doesn't impact the game at all. It's really tough. And Neesmith was smart. They targeted Bull Bull on defense every time. And a lot of those threes or because Bull Bull couldn't switch?
0: Oh, don't get me started on Taco. It hurts my heart. <laughs> I know, I know y'all, if you're watching this, you're like, Taco suck, Taco this, that. Glad he's gone. He's not a real NBA player. You know what? Screw you. You don't <laughs> know Taco.
1: He uh, got a lot further than anybody expected. For a guy that didn't pick up a basketball like five years ago. He you know what he, he made it. He did
0: all right. Did all right. Taco's a good dude, man.
1: Fuck yeah, he is. I
0: miss the, I miss the hell out of him. But all right. I think we kind of covered everything here. Um glad to have you on again, Billy. Uh, pleasure. Absolutely. We'll um uh, Show check in maybe next Tuesday and see how things are going again with the, the next one. And then uh, after that, we'll be kind of uh, maybe uh, we'll we'll still check in. I'll still check in weekly um, with this, but uh, it will probably start to slow down a little bit unless we hear of any trades worth note, at least until camp begins, which I think is probably going to be what beginning of October.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: should be late September. Yeah. Late September. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Um, but otherwise, if you've been watching, if you've still been watching this whole time and haven't turned this off, thank you, thank you. very much. You've done yourself a service. Uh, and, uh, definitely please come engage in our community. Um, uh, Civil discourse is what we're about here uh, you know everyone loves to to cheer the team and that's great um but we're we're Celtics nerds we're so you know we enjoy the Celtics porn which means occasionally getting into the minutia yep. into the weeds into the money into the why uh, uh, just to get a little bit. Uh, just because really we have no life and we have really much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else to do, but anyway, still come and be a part. Um, But with that said, uh, Billy, any final words?
1: No, thank you for having me. And I guess I don't want to leave everybody hanging. I did say I had a John Hollager tidbit. My John Hollager tidbit was I had to harass him and ask him this question. I guess there's some Lori in buzz right now. The Celtics may be interested, you know, quotation marks. If he takes the qualifying offer, um, that's the nine point something million, he will be eligible for us to use the TP on TPE on, but he will have a no trade clause. So he could veto it. So I didn't know you could trade a player on a qualifying offer because a one year deal acts as a no trade, but they could always veto it. So I thought that was good information. So wait, who can veto it? Meaning marketing can veto it? Yep market be, be like trade, traded. Yeah, exactly. Marking could be like, "Get me out of here." I'll accept a trade to the sell Oh, yeah,
0: he's already basically been like, "Get me out of here."
1: So yeah, I thought cool because he fits right into that nice Tristan Thompson TPE, just for somebody to take a flyer on.
0: Yep, that would be one more asset that <laughs> you could flip. You could throw in your deck of cards, a, a thing. And that's one of my things is I feel like you know before we go and we mentioned this before that TPE for, for Thompson, that's going to get used somewhere. Yes. And we talk about the threat, using the threat of cap space as leverage to maybe facilitate a, a trade for Beal during season. Yep. Beat the season. up process that, to match the 33 or 35 million that Beal has you're going to need you're going to need pieces well right now the tristan thompson exception is just a giant hole that needs to be filled with money so if you can fill that with money you can add that to other guys especially if you can get a young guy like mark and you can maybe then roll him into a trade like that much yeah. the way you can roll Luther- in him and um you know obviously we mentioned uh Dennis Schroeder and maybe some other guys.
1: The other option would be when we got this roster, if we have to go scorched earth to sign Beal, we're going to need to be able to sign guys and have an almost $10 million TPE to get someone. It's going to come in pretty handy.
0: Absolutely. Well, Actually, that was a question. We don't have to renounce that. We don't have to renounce that TPE
1: in order to, uh, in order to pick up Beal. It depends how we finagle the money. I think if we if we find like a way to dump Horford, and it's it's going to be some cap gymnastics for sure. But I would try to keep the TP as opposed to a player, right. depending, of course. But that we'll have to see. Like um, if it's we'll between find out and Rob, I'm going to keep Rob. But
0: <laughs> Right, right. So we will find out more of this information as things unfurl. But everybody else, I appreciate you joining in. Um, Please leave a comment, subscribe, like if you're seeing this on YouTube. Um, If you're joining on the Facebook community, don't forget to say hello. Tell us what your favorite part was. Um, And that's about it. All right. Everybody have a great rest of your day.